Look at that. We're talking about a movie that's actually in theaters. That was Jesus Revolution. And this is Godfellas. Welcome, welcome everyone to Godfellas, the podcast that noticed that Goldberg is in this movie. I'm Mr. Zach. I'm Miss Hannah. I'm Mr. Jimmy. And I'm Mr. Scott. That's right. Scott Swires of uh, More Than a Song fame. He is back with us tonight. And he actually booked himself to be on this episode. Like when <laughs> I was the trailer not going to take no for an answer. I was like, nah, I'm in. <laughs> I got to do this episode. When well, are we talking about this? He didn't say if. It's weird because my buddy like texted me before the movie even came out a picture of the poster and just wrote Godfellas with a question mark. And I was like, Pro- probably we will do it one day. And then you me- you messaged me and you're like, I call Jesus Revolution. And then I told Hannah, I was like, I, gu- I guess we're seeing this. Called it. <laughs> Zach, oh, how yeah. does that make you feel when people see something and they're like... Godfellas? You know, that's a good question. Um, it ranges for it does kind of tell me what people think of the show, and that might sound like my feelings are hurt, but it's not. Or or maybe like what people connect to with the show, because a lot of times it's like, here's this insane Christian movie that nobody's heard of that I like just came across me, and there's people like rip it to pieces. And then there's other people who are like, here's a movie with a Christian scene in it. I'd love to get your take on it. So I don't know. It lets me know that people are listening for different reasons and it makes me happy. You know, Mm. I don't know. Jimmy, you're one of the hosts. How does, how does it make you feel? (laughs) I don't know. I've never been, I've never been approached. So no one's ever said, I was going to say, Jimmy, are your feelings hurt that I didn't ask you directly? No, 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 no. I'm just, I was just curious. I was like, because it's kind of it's kind of nice. It's like, hey, I'm thinking about you, and yeah. I don't know. I just think that's that's cool that you have that effect on people. <laughs> well, thank you. Jimmy's phone number is if you want to text him about movies eight six seven five. Yeah, three but, uh, but Scott, why don't you tell us why you wanted in on a uh, Jesus Revolution? Uh, oh my gosh, I mean, it it does seem like Christian media is trying harder, yeah. so that's kind of nice to see this effort. I mean, of course, Jonathan Rumi in this role. Uh, and largely because I have followed and heard stories about Lonnie Frisbee for two decades. So to be, to see him and the possibility of him on the screen, especially because of what his story is, I mean, dark nights of the soul, I mean, talk about a guy who had super high highs and super low lows. He had very little in between in his life. Uh, So to see that on the screen in a way that I don't know what it is, but I mean, probably because Chosen and Jonathan Rumi saying, I think somebody's actually going to treat this seriously. Like there's a chance that it's not just a gimmick. So let's, uh, you know, give it a chance. And of course, everything happening at Asbury. I mean, 
revivals in the air. So that's super exciting. Hey, Square. I am not a Square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. I think these kids need help. What they need is a bath. You're passing judgment on people you know nothing about. Maybe that's why your church is so empty. When God walks in here, brings me a hippie. I'll ask him what it's all about, because I do not understand. His house has a very good vibe. This is in theaters right now. Um, so we're going to do spoiler free at the beginning, and then I'll give you a spoiler warning. So for the next, uh, for the next, you know, several minutes, you'll be safe. We won't get into anything that's not really addressed in the trailer. We'll just kind of talk about the movie vaguely, and then we'll get into, um, some spoilers, but going into this, uh, everybody, I'd, I'd love to know, uh, Scott, you've kind of alluded to. You know, they had the cast and they had, you know, the chosen kind of inspiration uh, that was exciting. But Jimmy and Hannah, how are you feeling going into this? Not great. (laughs) Sure. And that's just, I think, the result of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's really all. Yeah, my expectations were that it was going to be fine. Okay. Yeah. And and Jimmy. Yeah. um, I had an... I don't think I. I don't think I've even seen a trailer. I think I've seen a trailer for this. I can't remember. I, I just you remember you talking about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's right after uh, it comes. You know, right after your your devotionals, you you watch the trailer in anticipation. <laughs> uh, I just i I think it came from you, and I think it was you pitching it as like like uh, Scott said, this is Christian movies trying. Like this is actually going to be like a real movie, not like a. I mean. Pure flicks or real movies, but uh, this is going to be like a real movie. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly how I felt because I was like, okay, so it seems like the I can only imagine guys are kind of like the guys for Christian media now, um, mm. for movies at least. Uh, whereas they're kind, everyone's kind of going to them and they're turning out the best product, and you know, it's not like. I'm not going to say they're like, you know, the Coen brothers or Spielberg, mm-hmm. but like they're guys who know what they're doing and mm-hmm. are making some pretty good movies in their own in their own right. Um so just right off the bat, let's talk about um the the performances in this movie. Uh you know, Christian movies a lot of times you look at their cast on the Blu-ray box and you go, "Who?" This one yeah. has and one uh, one like oh they were uh, they were the detective in two episodes of NCIS back in two thousand and three yeah right 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 yeah. well until I saw your notes I was like wait Gold- Goldberg was in this I was like <laughs> yeah, yeah was there's like, a what? yeah Goldberg, Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks Goldberg for the from the Mighty Ducks yeah. is in this who yeah. aren't as uh, intimate with and... the Mighty Ducks as Zach is because I was not he explained quack it. quack if you don't love quack. the Mighty Ducks you can't listen to the show I'm sorry everyone out. <laughs> Don't listen to more than a song in there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, so this one, though, has like if you're in like the Christian media bubble, it's got Jonathan Rumi, who's on like the best Christian show ever made. But it also has Kelsey Grammer, who is a very like well-renowned actor. So across the board, how did. Yes, Hannah. Which did you know that um, 
Kelsey Grammer wasn't the first cast in that role. No. Who who were they thinking of? It was supposed to be Jim Gaffigan. How weird. Is that why he comes up on Google? I just Googled I, the yeah. cast to get some <laughs> yes. of the names. I don't remember why he <laughs> yes. didn't end up going through with it, but... I think they made the right choice going with Kelsey Grammer. I agree. And I love <laughs> and Gaffigan. I, love I would, I would Gaffigan. have loved to hear, I would have loved to hear uh, him and his wife talking about church and then him doing like his audience voice for one of the congregation members. Like, <laughs> yes. I don't think that they're going to like their hippies. That's the thing. I, think I know, his, right? <laughs> I would be wanting him to be funny in that role. Yeah. Because that's what I love about Jim Gaffigan. Mm-hmm. So I think it works out for well, I the think, best. Yeah. I think I would have come it, across it Gaffigan with like... I think there would have been a little bit of eye rolling from me there, though, because Kelsey Grammer like immediately makes you take the movie a little more seriously than perhaps you're ready to. Mm. And for those who haven't seen The Big Sick, it would have been a little jarring. Isn't Jim Gaffigan in The Big Sick? No. Who am I thinking about? No, never mind. I, I don't know. What What are you talking about? Well, click, click. Not... Yeah. Click, <laughs> <laughs> click, <laughs> click, everybody. Click, click. <laughs> The only thing that could have kept me open to it was, um, I think Josh, Josh Whedon, when he was doing Serenity, he intentionally went after comedians because of their dramatic range. Sure. Because comedians can hit so many different emotions um, and hit the timing of them. He intentionally, I know for, for a lot of his productions, has gone after comedians to do dramatic parts. And I, ever since I heard that, I've noticed, I think he's, you know, I think he's right. Like, I think this is a thing. But again, I mean, Jeff Gaffigan, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's still hard. Still right. hard to believe. Yeah, I, yeah, that, that would have been. But, I mean, across the board, how would you say that the performances in this movie compare to your typical Christian movie? I think for the most part, I really, I enjoyed them. I yeah. think that, yeah. I mean, there are, of course, some people that are still cutting their teeth, obviously, when you watch the performances. Um. I think I think the only one I was really taken back by was uh, Kimberly Williams Paisley. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I couldn't. It was hard for me to connect with her mm-hmm. as Greg Laurie's mother. It was tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I for me, it was very much like Jonathan and Kelsey are the like. They're the the weight and the heft of this movie, yeah. and everybody else is like pretty good. Mm. But again, you know, for a Christian movie, <laughs> that's that's really saying something. And that, like, I would say there was no performance that you know made me roll my eyes. Which yeah. you know, every Christian movie, there's like some like actor who I'm like, oh, okay, calm oh, down. Yeah, buddy. you're the you're the director's brother or sister. <laughs> Yeah, it's like this guy when he go well, like when he shows up, like uh, you know, when he walks by the youth group and he's like, "Oh, y'all having a party without me?" Like, yeah, he slays mm-hmm. there for five minutes in this movie, not at all. But no, I thought performances across the board were like very believable and really elevated uh, some of the weaker elements of the script. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Joe Courtney. It, it was he had to go from being like this, you know, doting teenage boy to like he had to go through so many transformations in this movie because sure. i mean time yeah. constraints and how long it actually took you know greg Laurie to go through point. all of that he i think i thought he did pretty well like he's not who hollywood would have brought in clearly to try to cover that much range 
Yeah. And yeah. but that's difficult. It's hard to cover that much range. So I thought he did decent considering how much ground he had to cover. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I know him from, and I've never watched it, but this really awful trilogy on Netflix. Um, <laughs> I think it's called the Kissing Booth series, <laughs> and it's like Joey King and oh, what's his name? Uh huh. He's on Euphoria, but I can't remember his actual name. The he's Australian, like teen heartthrob. So like seeing him, I mean, I thought he did a great job, and I I was gonna say like some of the best um acting i've seen in a christian movie and i would say part of that being the fact like it's real actors like you know it's not just like volunteers sure sure <laughs> or, you, you know here i am uh, lord send me right you know people that are actually acting and yeah. not maybe making a statement with this film so I would say that that makes a difference, but it, it was definitely like a sobering thing for me to go, isn't that the guy from that Netflix movie? <laughs> but yeah. good for him. Good for him. I would have never known that had it not been for you. <laughs> Welcome to Godfellow, Scott. I need to look up that guy's name because it's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, while Hannah's looking that up, uh, what did we think about the story? And, you know, Jesus Revolution, this is a huge, huge story. Um, do we think that it was a story worth sharing in this format without getting into spoilers? But yeah, I think Zach, we've, we've, we've talked about this as we've talked about this movie and I don't know if that colored my opinion of it, but you help me out here. Were you saying you were afraid that it was going to be a remember the Titans for the Christian audience? No, I, so again, without spoilers, I said that. You know, while I I liked the movie fine, I would love to see a Christian movie that was directed by someone whose film intake wasn't just movies like Remember the Titans and Forrest Gump. Because, like, the vibe of the movie, like, I'm not a big fan of kind of the traditional biopic. Like, you know, you think you're kind of typical 90s, early 2000s movie you watch in high school when they're done teaching you and summer vacations around the corner. So it's like, hey, everyone. We're watching, honestly, like, take your pick. Those aren't my favorite kinds of movies, but I think that they're well made. And obviously, a lot of people love them. Mm. I don't know. I would have preferred maybe something a little more inspired in terms of, like, direction. Mm -hmm. But again, I can't really say that the movie's bad just because it's not, like, my personal preference. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. It's like, this movie is Dunkin' Donuts, and I wanted it to be birch coffee. You know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> I just connected with that so much. <laughs> <laughs> because again, like it's it's well shot. It looks good. It looks like, and here's another thing. It looks like a real movie. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna, it really I'm does say that. Yeah, which really, is cool. Like the shot selections, um, just they gave it a very retro feel. Yeah, with a like lot that. of the color choices, lighting choices, even how they use the landscape. I thought they did a lot of good cinematography to set it up to f- make you feel like you were at late 60s. Because this is, for, from what I can tell, it seems like this is covering from around 66 to 72. Yeah. So, it just, mm-hmm. I thought they did pretty good catching that vibe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, last question before we get into spoilers um, you know, if you lead a church or maybe you run a small group and you're thinking about taking people to see this movie, 
Um, I think the big question you're wondering is, is it good? So I guess we can try to keep it concise before we just open up the floodgates. But, you know, uh, Jimmy and Scott, I'm curious because both of you are pastors of churches. Um, do you think that this is a good movie to take the congregation to? Jimmy, how do you feel about the one scene? Did you feel like it might have been too mature for teens or maybe introducing a conversation you weren't ready for? I don't know what scene we're talking about. <laughs> was it after Maggie started crying and I had to leave the theater? Was it in the first two thirds of the movie? Did you just say first two thirds? <laughs> yeah. I told you. I said I saw two thirds of this movie. Well, there there is drug use because yeah. oh. it's obviously about, you know, hippies. Right. Yeah. Oh, no, that didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like, so I mean, a kid, like scene. a seven year old, oh, they're flying a plane over this uh, concert and they're dropping things from this. Yeah. I mean, they just kind of like changed the camera a little bit. I don't know. I think, yeah. I, I don't think it's, it warrants people not to see it. Yeah. yeah. So there is one scene with an overdose. And yeah. I would be, I would ask questions to see if that would trigger anybody that I might take. Mm. Sure. Oh yeah. I wasn't even thinking about kids, but yeah, adults or whatever, or people who have yeah, experienced it. Right. So anybody who, especially people came out of that time period, sights, you know, sounds, especially music. And there's, I mean, there's some good music in this movie. Good soundtrack. Just, <laughs> just saying, <laughs> you know, you know, I love Doobie Brothers. So it, there's, it could be triggering and you just kind of got to get ready for it to say, oh, this could trigger something or have conversations. So we definitely almost took our kids <laughs> who are six, eight, 10 and 12. <laughs> So hitting that scene would have been, it's funny because I think, oh, their three youngest are boys. They probably would have been fine. They see stuff like that and they keep rolling. But our daughter on the other yep. hand, we, we knew it would have hit her differently. Mm -hmm. So that would have been. She was the only one I was thinking about when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. She hit, she feels all the emotions, even mm -hmm. if they're, you know, not true characters or whatever. She, she'll feel it all in that mm -hmm. moment. And I think because of how that scene, try not to spoil it, but how that scene ended, I felt like they did a good job at making it more shocking than seeing something traumatic happen. Right, right. The dialogue that happened afterward and how it impacts certain characters, I thought. Mm. I liked how they wrote that scene. I liked yeah. how that happened. But I would keep that in mind before taking people. Mm. And that's really the only scene I, I pulled into question before taking people, just being sure that people are okay with seeing something like that. Yeah. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And and then, you know, I'll say as the the critic the critic here, as uh my father in law calls me, um in a loving way. Yes, yes, yes. Is it good? I I would say yes. Um I would say it feels like a movie that's being shot right at middle America. And then, you know, there's a lot of Christian movies that we talk about on this show where we're like, hey, you maybe shouldn't watch this with people because it's actually a little dangerous. I don't really, I don't think there's a harmful message to be taken from this movie. Um, I do think, well, when we can kind of talk about this, I do think the message might go over the Christian audience's head. But again, I... 
I do. I wouldn't discourage anyone from watching the movie. Maybe. Hmm. I think the beauty of this is, um, you know, some people say that the Jesus movement uh, was the, they call it the third great awakening. And they say that it brought more people to Christ than uh, some say both of those awakenings, the first and second combined, just it's far reaching international implications. And not only just like the music, like the music that came out of this movement is what became Christian music. Yeah, Like the oh, yeah. idea that we're not using, you know, a lot of churches don't use hymn books. So you mm-hmm. look back and it was really because of this movement. So it's kind of a fun way to take your people and just show them history. Hey, this is actually history that impacts us today. This mm-hmm. is this is where we get these things from. So in that sense, I kind of like, you know, I told our people, hey, go watch that movie. We'll talk about it. <laughs> very cool. Very, very cool. All right. So now if you haven't seen the movie there's our recommendation to you know check it out with a couple of caveats but if you want to keep on listening now we are going to get into spoilers and we are going to just talk about whatever it is that we feel like we want to talk about and one of the things that i I want to bring up just right out of the gate is the movie um has kind of um it's facing some backlash um for its portrayal of Lonnie Frisbee. Uh, and again, people think Jonathan Rumi is really great. However, um, you know, Jonathan, or not Jonathan, Lonnie Frisbee um, was a closeted gay man. And that's not brought up in the movie. And there's a lot of people who have been saying that, you know, what a shame that at the center of this massive movement, movement was this man who didn't feel like he could, you know, be his be himself for for lack of a better term and that the movie doesn't acknowledge that at all and that's one where i'm kind of like i i do see that but then the movie has to be about lonnie but at the same time i think lonnie is the best and most interesting character in the movie mm-hmm. and yeah. i mean the greg Laurie stuff for me that's what I was watching when I was waiting for them to get back to Lonnie. Like, if I'm being perfectly honest, like, I was like, this is fine. Let's get back to Lonnie. So I think, like, this should have been... Lonnie should have been your main character and we should have followed him personally. But, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Scott, you have... Being that you have more insight, I'm really curious to pick your brain about this. Well, I mean, the thing about Lonnie is he he said he was not a homosexual homosexual so yeah. he said he wasn't in a gay lifestyle and there are three books that are straight from him where he talks about it openly and part of the reason why chuck smith and other people had a problem with him is because he openly talked about it mm. and that's where i think we miss it he he talked about his real struggles and a lot of his struggles came out of from being physically abused at a young age by a babysitter left these deep wounds from father figures. So there was a lot happening that kind of just got swept aside. And one of those being like Chuck Smith didn't know how to deal with it. Lonnie actually came to him to talk to about it and to other leaders. And he was kind of more told because it was the age, like nobody knew how to have that conversation. Wow. about, hey, this happened to me as a child. I experimented with this, you know, at Haight-Ashbury because he came out of Haight-Ashbury. He had like a, a arts scholarship 
and went to San Francisco and he just started to try to find truth in the middle of Haight-Ashbury. He ends up going out into his own little wilderness experience and having an encounter with God and people kind of point him in the right direction. And when that comes out, so there's such a deep, rich story for Lonnie. And that's where I thought it was almost like a bait and switch. Yeah. Because all those trailers look like it was going to be a lot about Lonnie, who was the catalyst for two out of the three major moves of God happening in that time. Mm. And then it's like, but really this is about Greg Laurie not being a cartoonist and becoming a preacher, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So I felt like there was a bait and switch when it came to Lonnie, but he definitely had this very, I mean, you, he, here you have a church influencer that was open and practiced candor about everything that he was going through. And the church at that time told him, don't talk about this. Mm -hmm. And then pretty much with like a deathbed confession, he got to air it all out and say, Hey, this is how it was. This is my message to people going through the same stuff I did. This is where I think you're at. And I'd really encourage if people see this movie and they're interested in Lonnie, go get those books. There's tons of things on YouTube these days where you can hear his sermons and hear his friends uh, talk about him and specifically about this struggle, which the movie definitely did like avoid. Yeah. What, and to the detriment of the film even because like Hannah made a really good point where she said the first half of the movie really moves. It really goes and it's really enjoyable then the second half, the pacing really kind of suffers. And it's because they're telling Lonnie, like, hey, we don't want you to preach anymore. And I'm like, why? And they make it, you know, that Chuck Smith has problems with the spiritual healing, which historically... And that like, he's full of himself. He did. And like, you're also so full of yourself. And I'm like, um, yeah, okay, this is, this is yeah. messy. There's something you're not telling us. Like, yeah. there's something missing here. It's kind of like, you know, again, as a teacher, a kid will tell you a story about, like, someone did this mean thing to me. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like there's, there's a big chunk of it that's missing. And once I get that, I'm going to know the whole story. So afterwards, when I did my research, it was like, click. Oh, now I get it. And you know, I, I almost think it's a little irresponsible not to include some of that in Mm -hmm. the movie. And it's like, just don't make, just don't make Greg Laurie your main character. I really, I struggle to understand yeah. why they chose to focus the movie on him. Because he produced it. That's right. He did, didn't he? Yeah. 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 It, yeah. it, I, I thought <laughs> very tempting not to see some irony there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the accusation against Lonnie and what yeah. ends up happening with the story. One of the, if you study Lonnie's life, one of the things you notice is people did have a habit of using him to kickstart start things. Sure. And then because he had so many struggles that came out of that hippie past and he openly was walking through it, people would use him for a season and then get rid of him. Because yeah. that's exactly it. it happens with Cavalry Chapel. And then it happened later in his life with the Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it happened, the Shepherdy movement, where some people know names like Derek Prince and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like Lonnie was in Florida. He That's actually where he goes when he says, I'm on my way to go to Florida with, with my wife. We're going to try to work on our marriage. He went to Derek Prince and the other big, heavy hit Bible teachers in Florida. And they used him 
as a catalyst and he never really got healed. His marriage falls apart. Mm-hmm. So there's this whole amazing story that was way more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just don't talk about it. Yeah. But it, it does feel like they want a movie that, and this is kind of where I talk about it going over the audience's head. They want a movie that's going to challenge the audience to what would it look like if we just loved our neighbor? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what would it look like if we invited what we consider the least of these to church? And like, while I think that that's beautiful and lovely, um, you know, we talked about when we did um, the best Christmas special ever, Michael Williams brought up a point. He said, the movie does a thing that the audience might not be ready for, where it kind of says, if you're paying, like a Mary Poppins is not for the children. Like, if you are paying close enough attention, you will see that we're actually talking about you. So the yeah. scene where Kelsey Grammer is basically saying, like, listen, these are the people we're going to invite into our church. We're going to love them. We're going to welcome them. And if you don't like that, you know, the door works both ways, like he said. And, you know, I kind of looked around our theater of, you know, all Christian people, and there was no one who kind of like took that in a way that seemed to be like they were thinking. It was more kind of like, hmm, yeah. Because I think you're like, oh, 70s, hippies, like they were all about peace and love. And it's one where I'm like, hey, I think if you're paying attention, the movie is trying to say the people who make you uncomfortable and the people who you don't think belong in church, that's who they're talking about for you. And it's one where I'm like, I don't know. Do you make it less subtle? Do do you punch harder? Like it, and it's kind of a thing where I, you know, I don't want to blame the market for not getting, for not understanding that. But then when you also sidestep Lonnie too, it feels like, well, maybe the movie didn't even want to really have that conversation and I was giving it too much credit. Yeah. Here's my here's my soapbox. Here I go. <laughs> I think this is where I think that's the message that the filmmakers wanted to get across. Um, ignorant to the fact that they need to hear it. Sure. And this is where my skepticism comes in because looking up about Lonnie after, because I had no idea who he I, I, I I couldn't have told you who he was before this movie. I didn't. I thought Lonnie Frisbee was a fake name. I kind of <laughs> chuckled at it the first time I heard it. Frisbee. I've never heard that as a last name. Sorry to anyone. Oh, really? Whose last name is Frisbee? Um. So Stan, his brother. Come on yeah. now. Actually, he has like a ton of brothers, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I did not know that. Um. So where my issue lies is you can't you can't make a movie that's about anyone is welcome to church. If you're willing to ignore the everyday things that people live out, like, you know, like, and here's where part of it comes from is it's, it's taking a stand on one subject and it's saying like, well, drug use is forgivable, right? Like Mm. that's okay. But then again, it wants to ignore the reality of Lonnie's story, the, the reality of like, you know, what happened in his death. You know, being a part of, you know, the epidemic that started in the 80s, I don't want to, I mean, I don't know how to say it more gently than, you know, the AIDS epidemic. Like this, and to think that maybe this was Greg Laurie wanting to make a film about who he claims Lonnie was a mentor to him. I feel like it's dishonorable. That's where I'm coming from. Because I just, mm, mm, mm. I have a lot of. It was only a couple months of Greg's life. 
They yeah. make it, it really seem was. like it was so much more. It was a couple of months out of years of yeah. money ministering out mm. of um, Calvary Chapel. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, and even, and I don't know how accurate this is, but when they, when essentially they're like, uh, why don't you try this new church? And to Lonnie and Greg just kind of goes, I'll do it. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Was discipleship not a thing? Did anyone prepare Greg before he went? Like they were just sending people to like churches to get up and preach without like, you know, preparing them? Like, is this a, for real? <laughs> like, <laughs> <If> you, <laughs> yikes. Okay. <laughs> if you listen to John Rutlick, he's, um, he was Lonnie's best friend. So he said, um, I was listening to him and he said, in those days, people, so many people were getting saved so fast that they had to. And they said, if you read the old and new Testament, you were the senior pastor. If you had read revelations, you were an elder. (laughs) And they just said, cause it was happening so fast. It actually reminded me of Savish Narmi booth used to just instantly commission people because Mm -hmm. it was growing so fast. He would just look at somebody and go, you're the lieutenant in charge now. Yeah. Like a 18 year old kid, like you're it. And people, and that was the thing, like, uh, I want to say, like, when portraying Lonnie, he was barely 20 years old when all yeah. this was happening. So they, I thought, and, and the funny thing is, like, he was a short guy. At, he was, like, five six. He had, like, a size 6 shoe or something like that. Like, he's this tiny guy. And yeah. always struggled with the idea of he's this tiny artist, Right. (laughs) And so this idea of masculinity and what that's supposed to look like and how that's perceived and how that's accepted, like part of that richness, but a lot like, so, you know, you have an actor there who is clearly, you know, how tall is he? I don't know. Is he like over six foot or something? I actually don't think he's that tall in real life. And he's like, like, like Lonnie Frisbee is like tiny. Okay. Right. He's this tiny man. (laughs) Well, well, here's and it's just else. not realistic. Well, here's something that Hannah brought up that I'm I'm kind of curious about. And Jimmy, being that you just watched The Chosen before this, mm-hmm. Hannah was saying, "I, what did you say? You said, uh, Jonathan Rumi. You're like, I'm worried he's getting Jim Caviezeled. Where like I can only see him as Jesus. Oh. And and I was like, but does the movie want that? Because there's so many. Because and I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say something too. Like this is not a, a knock on Rumi. I think he gives a great performance in the movie, and it's totally different than the way he plays Jesus. I think Jonathan is a great, yeah. great actor. But I mean, he looks. Like, you know what I mean? He looks like he does in in the Chosen, kind of. So, and I'm kind of like, well, did they do that on purpose so that like when he's baptizing people and stuff like that, it's kind of like Jesus and anyone, even the hippies. Yeah. And then you sidestep the, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like, I'm kind of at this point where I feel like, uh, you know, I'm just going round and round in circles where it's like, I start like, I like this, I like this, I like this. And then it all goes back to the Mm -hmm. way that they just kind of like brush so much of Lonnie's story off the table. I think you said it when you said they used him to start stuff and they use him to start the movie. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's, it's fitting. Like what's the most interesting part? The first, 45 50 minutes right and then yeah boom. so his brother done, even up. said it that was his brother's assessment of the movie wow. he was like they they used lonnie to bring people just like they did when he was alive <laughs> yeah. yikes yikes i just but, it, it, it's such an issue for me 
<laughs> and another thing too is that like we don't acknowledge and that's fine Lonnie and Connie divorced mm-hmm. which another taboo topic I would say more accepted nowadays but especially when they divorced in 1973 like very taboo yeah um, oh yeah oh yeah and even hearing about like at, I guess at his funeral Chuck Smith said something like what a shame it was that he fell short to his potential. Mm. And yeah, I, here's the thing. This is where I'm not <laughs> knocking on the actors at all. I'm questioning Greg Laurie's motivation. I'm questioning the writers and the directors. Oh, sure. Is this just a movie to flop up like Greg Laurie? Because I kind of feel like it is now. Now that I've found some things, that's what I think. I, I mean, so so well well so here's here's the thing too like I'm not saying that I've ever written something at this level but as a writer you you do get told uh, you know I did I have gotten a lot of assignments of like write a story about this person or like right. write it from this person's perspective so I think when Greg is making the movie he's kind of their best on ramp so all the stories that they're hearing are are maybe coming from him. And so, of course, like, well, he has to be included in the movie, but it is one where it's like maybe if he wasn't involved, the movie might have been a bit better. And and again, I think, Hannah, everything you just said about Lonnie is way more interesting to me than watching Greg Laurie talk to his future father-in-law and have like, you will never marry my daughter. And I'm like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Like, I I don't care. Like <laughs> that's that's also very true. It's yeah. just a more interesting story. It is, but I I yeah. think it makes it's it's weird. I think it makes it would make the audience ask questions about like the validity of the movement. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't know. Maybe like I don't I don't know. I think. Judah Smith has a quote where he says like we can play games that like some people are better than others or we can come to the honest revelation that it's God you know what I mean like people came to Jesus they gave their life to Christ people fell in love with scripture people fell in love with you know with loving each other and caring for each other and like lifting each other up and shouldering each other's burdens and it's like yeah we could say that that was all Lonnie or we could all you know come to the conclusion that like you know, God was at the center of this. If, if you believe that to be the case. And I think if you had focused the movie on Lonnie, maybe you could have asked that question at the end. Like, was this a man-made movement or do you believe that this was, you know, the will of God? And that'd be a better discussion, but this is kind of where I'm like, you know, well, this is a, a Christian movie. It, it never wants you to leave having that conversation because what if you don't agree? Yeah. They could have revealed all, they could even reveal Greg Laurie at the end of who he was. Yeah. He could have just been Greg throughout, yeah. you know? Sure. Yeah. And like you're saying from his perspective, I, I really wish they had just shown it from him. He's watching the birth of this movement happen and he's watching the tussle back and forth between, you know, Lonnie and Chuck and then, I mean, Lonnie, and it did really happen. Lonnie said, I see you preaching before thousands. Mm-hmm. So then if you finish the movie really with the a transition of somehow of young Greg and Kathy and you get to them older because he has preached to millions of people at this point. Like mm-hmm. Greg Laurie has one of the largest churches in America at this point. So yeah. Harvest is 
massive. So if you transition, like, Hey, look, and then it's almost like hopeful, like it never ended. Yeah. Hey, this is still going on. The fruit is still being seen rather than it does really look like (laughs) it's the story of Greg. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) According to Greg. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy, you, you, you're making that face. I love to see you make, what are you thinking? No, I'm just I'm just agreeing with everybody, and I was uh, reflecting upon the performance before we were asking if uh, if the chosen kind of colored how I, I saw the movie, and yeah, I didn't see. Uh, I saw a new character. He, you know, yeah, Marcy's like, is that Jesus from? Was, yeah, and then that, <laughs> that, and then that was that. I'm like, okay, yeah, here's this new character. But yeah, uh, agreed. It's it's hard to tell a, a story. I want to see the movie that we just saw either from Lonnie's perspective uh, the whole way through or the, it was Greg all along pitch that we, that we just saw. Right. Right. Jonathan, if you're listening, I think you're a wonderful actor. Absolutely. (laughs) I do. Your friend was on our show. I, I, you might remember I emailed (laughs) you a while ago. Uh, He, and I mean, he did do a good part. I, as soon as he came in and he was like, hi, I'm Lonnie. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> he was great. He was, was great. In the movie. It was a totally yeah. new. Yeah. I didn't even. His, yeah. Yeah. his skill and the changing of his voice is phenomenal. Yeah. If you've ever heard his real voice, it's like, whoa. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and about him, like, it's interesting because you commented on him looking like Jesus. It's, if they had developed Lonnie more, you would have understood that is him fitting in with what Lonnie was. Lonnie, yeah. like again, he was so young. He grew a beard so people wouldn't understand how young he was when he's <laughs> up there ministering. And he was trying to like hide his age. He was mm-hmm. trying to impress people. He didn't understand what Christianity was supposed to look like. And he knew that he was called to be this prophetic voice. So he got yeah. a staff. He made this deer skin you know, mantle that, you know, it's like Jesus loves you on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Like he has this whole persona that he's trying to look like Jesus and look like John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. So it really fit in only if you know that that's going on. Like only if they <laughs> had showed you that part of Lonnie's life. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I, I do. Before we we kind of move on into uh, manners, I do want to talk about some things I liked because it, it does kind of sound like I'm just like dumping on the movie and like, the movie, you know, it, it made me emotional. It made me cry a couple of times. There were some really, really good lines of dialogue. There were some powerful scenes in the movie. Uh, but one of my favorite parts of the movie is when a love song is leading worship and the singer's like, uh, well, our drummer won't be here next month because he's finishing his prison term. <laughs> but but then we'll be back. That was so fun, I thought. True story, by the way. Yeah. That was real. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was... No, I really, I really did think that that was cool. Um, and, and yeah, I, I did like in the movie, the idea of like using your gifts and your talents to, you know, spread the story of God's love. I was like, well, that absolutely. Like, I think that's beautiful. I think that that's lovely. And I think, you know, again, like that's kind of the drive behind this show is that like, you know, you you could just make things good (laughs) and you know, if they're coming from a place of love, then people people are going to connect to it in some way. So I thought that um, I really liked all those elements in the movie. Oh yeah, and I loved and I Hannah leaned over to like I'm. So if you've ever 
been to a movie with me before, Jimmy and Hannah can tell you, mm-hmm. no, no talking, no texting, no breathing, no getting up to go to the bathroom. I want it like like a museum in the movie theater, like dead silence, right? So Hannah leans over to me during the scene where the guy's like yelling out that he needs help. And Hannah goes, is that Goldberg? And I'm like, are you, what? And she's like, "That from the Mighty Ducks, is that Goldberg? I'm like, no, it's not. The Goldie! That's Goldberg. That's Goldberg in the movie. What? This was his first acting gig in 14 years. Well, he had gotten in trouble because oh. he had, he's done some pretty re- regrettable things. So I don't know if this yeah. is like. You know, him reclaiming who he is, but Goldberg is in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I I think um I I think it was John Irwin. I think he's the one that found the magazine on eBay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he found that he found that it, it, it's crazy that uh time w- one year saying, Is God dead? Like, yeah. is there no more morality? Uh is there now such a everything is okay standard that you know, nothing is okay. And what is happening to the country? And just a couple of years later, <laughs> Jesus revolution, right? Yeah. You have, I think, because it seemed like that was the heart for at least starting the project was to say, Hey, do you feel like things are this way? Just remember it was like this before and look at what happened. I, mm-hmm. I really appreciated that message. And I think that that connected with people. And I think people are going to leave with greater hope and maybe expectation to say, okay, if I feel like anything is similar from how it was when that first magazine cover was printed, then I can start looking for, hey, what's the next move? What's happening? So I loved how encouraging that was in addressing those kind of issues. Yeah. And then I think kind of the last thing that I'll say is, uh, for me, I was convicted in a way where I had to think about who do I not want to see in church? And that's not, I'm not saying that there's like, you know, a specific group or anything, but it's like, there are individual people who have like hurt me or wronged me in my life who I don't want to think about them, you know, like singing songs about like the Lord fights for me. He loves me. Like, you know, like me thinking about in my heart about man, who are the people who I would have a hard time walking across the room to go sit with, you know, because it is a thing. It's like, yeah, no, for me, it's, it's not any like particular group. It's like specific people. And you know, how do we overcome that? It's like, we overcome that with love and just realizing like that is a hard thing to do. But when you do that, you know, intentionally and purely that there's a lot of growth that can come from that. That can I ask you about a specific scene. Okay. How did you feel about the foot washing response? Ooh, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, yeah, that messed me up. I was crying. <laughs> oh. I was going to say, is that, is that one of the parts? <laughs> Uh, it was, it was mainly like when the guys were all leaving and then the one guy just like crosses to the other side oh, and sits yeah. with everyone that, mm. that got me. That's the, the old church guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I loved it because it was, um, any revival is multi-generational. Yeah. Mm. That's one of the things that I was looking at, uh, when they were live streaming stuff from Asbury. Mm. I had the first, I turned to Tabitha and I said, 
the one thing I'm looking for right away is, is this intergenerational? If it is not intergenerational, this isn't what people think it is. <laughs> and I loved that they covered it because I think one of the falsehoods about the Jesus movement was it was just teenagers on drugs. And like what right. you're hitting at, this was a multi-generational issue about becoming the church. It seemed the first third of the movie focused on everybody searching for something. And, yeah. you know, for the hippies, it was the drugs and the and the love. And I, I feel like that's a that is a human thing. That's an intergenerational thing to to hammer on with with Scott. And I think they they hit that quite well. And then I was wondering if by some chance, I don't know what what nonbeliever is going to go to see the Jesus revolution on their own. But if they watched it, yeah. it didn't seem preachy. I don't know if there's a. Uh, uh, God's not dead at the end where uh, someone needs to come to Christ. Do they just, is there a come to Jesus moment at the end or no? Not really. Is it just like, like, let's this keep is no, going. Uh, no. But Newsboys does come and sing a song for everyone. What? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man, Hannah, you got me. Sorry. Oh boy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. man. Sorry. If, if that's if that's if that's true, not the the newsboys thing, but like the whole it's not like a, a come you must come to Jesus moment at the end. I think it is maybe a good on ramp kind of movie. Even if they don't come to Jesus in that moment, they're like good things happen because of this, and it, it's kind of a I don't know. Maybe but then if they the... do the research that we talked about, Lonnie, afterwards, maybe it might leave a sour yeah. taste. Like, ooh, I I was baited and switched, bait and switched. This might be the best way to describe our movie going experience there were, there were like a bunch of like very loud church guys who came into the theater Hoorah! of like dads yeah who were like sitting there and like every line they're like oh i know that's right oh yeah and i was like shut up no one can hear you and like they kept doing that and then there was a lady in front of us who was like vaping like a strawberry flavored vape the whole movie and at the <laughs> end she turns around and looks at hannah and i and she was like pretty cool movie huh and like oh everybody <laughs> else is like trying to have this like moment at the end almost with like yeah amazing and Hannah and I are like just trying to leave and <laughs> people are like trying to like you know talk to us on our way out They're like yeah right what a, what a great movie that's huh? happened when we've seen the Christian movies yeah, at theaters yeah they're always like what a there, great it's like movie, the Marvel huh? movies and where like, everybody's sitting around afterwards like oh yeah wow what this is coming next yeah, they're, they're like, what an amazing film. And I'm like writing my letterbox for you as I leave where I'm giving it like three out of five stars. Just being like, yeah, it's okay. And I was like, I'm not going to like get into an argument with these guys right now. Mm -hmm. But I was like, yeah, mm -hmm. listen to my podcast. You'll hear. Yeah, you should uh, have um, like a <laughs> NFC card or something like, hey, here, here, check this out. Well, it's the same way that like when we went and saw The Chosen in theaters and I was like, you'll be hearing from <laughs> Zach Smith will return. Yes. I, right. I gotta say, I really liked it at the beginning when Chuck Smith is trying to talk about faith and spirituality, and he says, um, it's not something to explain, it's something to experience. And his daughter Absolutely. says, Maybe that's why your church is empty. <laughs> yeah. That was great. That was great. And I felt like that was almost like um I think that that was like a call to action. It's almost like they yeah. put it at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. To say, hey, you know what? You're going to have to go experience this. Yeah. There's no easy wrap up at the end. Go experience yeah. it. 
it's at the beginning, so if your baby starts crying, at least you got that. You got the yeah, you got the you got the gist of the movie. Well, folks, it's about that time where we're going to use our manners. Just like when they offered you a, a nice spot of tea at your Bible study, uh, when I offer you some more of Jesus Revolution, I'd, I'd like for you to hit me with a yes, please, or a no, thank you. And everybody looks like they're really thinking about what they're, about what they're gonna say. So, uh, Hannah, could I offer you some uh, some tea? I'm gonna say no, thank you. I think everyone knew that was coming, but here's why. One, and I thought this at the beginning of the episode. This isn't really a movie I like to watch. Like this type of movie is not my favorite. So, will I ever watch it again? Probably not, which is why I'm going to say no. Is like, I, I, I don't know, like, did I enjoy my movie going experience? Yes. Did I enjoy the performances? Yes. Did I enjoy many of the costumes? Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just not my type of film. And I'm still really having a hard time getting over some of this things that I'm struggling with. And again, this is just my personal. I think if you like this movie, great. If you, if you want some of the tea fantastic i'm all for that i think just for me personally you know i've been i've had a, a, a crazy month and a half or so of <laughs> between um you know seeing this movie my alma mater was asbury so a school that nobody knew about now everybody knows about you know i've had a lot of mixed emotions naturally you know so like between that and i just i want to emphasize that a true christ-like message is that anyone is welcome in church uh no ifs ands or buts you know no exceptions and that should be the culture you know that god can use anyone god can use people that aren't straight god can use recovering drug addicts or drug users you know god can use anyone and i think that there are real stories in this movie of of that being true um that i don't think are fully reflected in the movie and i think i take a little bit of issue with that but ultimately i can't say it's a bad film like it's a well-made film especially for a christian film so good job but i'm gonna pass okay uh, Jimmy. T is a great base of something. Like, you can heat it up. You could cool it down. You could put peach in there. You could put raspberry in there, strawberries. You could put boba in there and milk and make it something great. I think this movie is a great on-ramp. Um, I want to see where movies go from here and we'll talk off camera about a trailer of a movie that was coming before this one. And I went, Oh no, but, uh, <laughs> but it, it's, it's, I can only imagine esque, and I was like, Oh, not this again. But, um, I think I'm excited to see where like, we're finally learning how to make tea. Like, Oh, this time they were. For Christian movies, we were putting like leaves and twigs and berries in hot water and praying it would turn right. But now we got the formula for tea and now we can add to it and maybe make a more truthful tea. And I would, I don't know who's going to finance or fund these movies, but I think uh, 
People who grow the tea leaves in their backyards should not be involved in the movie because then we do get a, a skewed perception as well. Perhaps maybe if someone who didn't, uh, you know, have their face on the tea bag, uh, that it wasn't in the movie, we might have got a different experience. So yeah, this is a great base. I don't think I will drink this tea again unless it's at a church function. Uh, but I am excited for Jesus Revolution Two Peach Tea Edition Twisted Mango. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, uh, Scott, the uh, the kettle's coming around. Would you like some? I'm gonna say yes, and very much like Jimmy, I feel like this is like a pre-tea. This is like I'm a tea drinker, so I'm gonna drink this tea. But I hope the next serving is more like high tea because I want all the elements. I want all the ambiance. I want all of it added. And it's those things exactly like what Hannah was pointing that we're missing from this. I think they had a chance for high tea and they could have served up something fantastic. So the hope is now that they see they have tea drinkers, they'll do a little more next go around and we'll get to see all those elements. Mm. Yeah, and I think I'm going to say yes, please, also, which might be a little surprising, but, I mean, basically to echo what Jimmy and Scott just said, whereas mine is, okay, now you, like we said, now you know how to just make tea in its most basic form. But, you know, I never go buy just tea i go buy iced tea with lemonade or like you know green tea with mango and all this other stuff so it's like all right now stop worrying maybe so much about you know just hitting straight down the middle to everybody and maybe start making movies that are maybe for like a specific type of audience you know like hey this is really going to resonate with people who like this like, again, I, I think about um, the Aaron Sorkin uh, Steve Jobs movie, which I love because it really doesn't make Steve Jobs look great, but it's still a wonderful movie. And it's like, and you could have taken that approach, um, not to say Lonnie Prisby is a bad person at all, but it's like you could have taken some of those elements that maybe you are, you are afraid would um, ruin him for your audience, and you could have done a good start story and let them decide for themselves. You know, and I think that those are the best movies, and that's the best tea. One where you have to decide, you know, I really like this, or mm, maybe not so much for me, but, you know, at least there are options. So I'm hoping that, like, now that we have the base, we start getting, like, more genre-specific uh, Christian movies that maybe take a few more risks. You can call him up and tell him what you I'm just so excited for this game, Hannah. What you is the know game? What we're doing. I have no idea what we're doing. I'm so excited. All right. <laughs> so, as we know, there can often be big name celebrities who aren't necessarily religious in Christian movies. Yes! What? I, sorry, I think I know what the game is. I'm excited. So, I'm going to read you the name of a celebrity, and I want you to guess if they were in a Christian movie, or I, I should say, if they were in a religious uh, character if they played a religious character because there's one that's not really a Christian movie but but most of them are right 
Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or if they didn't. Okay. Okay. Oh wow! And- this is like uh, the Moses, not the uh, the Noah movie, and um, <laughs> Mary Magdalene. There's a lot in there. <laughs> did you did you know what the game was, Zach? Is no. that what you thought? What do you think I was? Doing? Oh no, I thought you were going to do like actors and yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Here's the here's the thing. I put this game together so last minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> I cannot Confession read. Confession is good. That's what we were just talking about. Let's exactly. have honest lives here. Yes. Okay. I okay. cannot read you the name of the movie the actor was in because I didn't have enough time to come up with fake ones. Okay. So. I'm just going to give you the actor name and then I can tell you what what movie they were in. This might be following. This might be my hubris talking and if I go full Icarus on this one, like I'll own that, but I feel pretty good about this game. I feel pretty good about how Zach feels about this game. <laughs> I feel like I hear one of my children calling me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go. Ooh, wait. Yes. There needs to be risk if we lose. And then also, are we able to earn double points if we could tell you the movie? Ooh. Sure, you can earn double points. Okay. So every question is worth two points if you get it right or not. And then if you get it's worth two points. So one point if you get it right. And then two points if you get the if it's right and the movie they were in. You gotta keep score over. And here. if we lose, we'll watch party. Uh David and Bathsheba. Uh, on I was going to say, or the, the the Noah movie. What was it even called? Was it called Noah? I like the Russell Crowe Noah. I, I, I like that movie. So that was not a punishment. I watched okay. that movie. Sometimes. Right. Zach would be fine with that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll watch Samson again. Or, uh, Exodus, God and, Gods and Men. Or, no, I don't want to watch that one. Okay. okay. So, there's the punishment. <laughs> there's the punishment. All right. The first one is the one that's not really like a religious movie. Okay. I just give it away. <laughs> All right. So that narrows it down. I'll take a free point. All right. I still I think I'm going to miss it. Believe <laughs> I just gave that away. Ooh. What is wrong with me? Oh, wait, wait, wait. But say what it was. Say who it was and see if we can get the movie. Get though. the movie. So yeah. I guess it's out of nine then. It's not out of 10. Okay. <laughs> like every oh my good gosh. Test. I can't believe I just did that. Uh, Quinta Brunson. Oh, History of the World Part Two. Yes. She plays hey. she probably plays like a Christian like a, character. She plays yeah. Martha Magdalene. <laughs> All right. With Zazie Beats, who plays Mary Magdalene. I gotta see this. <laughs> oh no. Okay, okay well that, I hate that's that on I my did watch that. list. I do want to watch that. I love <laughs> History so... of the World Part One. It's one of my favorites. I'm so And curious. I love Abbott Elementary. But... I've never seen the other one. <laughs> All right. I, I think the rest will be good. All right. Oh gosh. Okay. Here we go. So two points, everybody. No, just one point. Just one point. No, no, two points. Zach said history of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Two points. Okay. Okay. Christian Slater. Ooh. Because I know Christian Bale was in one. Slater, though. I mean, his name's Christian. Obviously, Broken Arrow. (laughs) (laughs) That's my. Is Christian Slater too edgy to be in a Christian movie? Or not even a Christian... Oh, yeah, a Christian movie. But doesn't he uh, play like a Christian character? He could be like, brother. I was yeah. thinking about that line in Chinatown where the guy says, you know, after a certain age. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the whole line, and then I was like, wait, maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> the whole line. 
I think I'm going to say no. People and politicians all become. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No for Slater. I'm going to say, I'm going to say yes for Slater. I'm going to follow Zach's lead and say no. Are we, we're a team. Is it, do we have, oh, it's good that we have three. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Scott. You were right. Or trying it down, Scott. Can we guess the movie? It doesn't even matter at this sure. point. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> McGee and Me, season three, episode two. Screaming. <laughs> no. Um, he was in a 2007 animated film about the Ten Commandments, and he played Moses. That's right. Alongside Ben. <laughs> I'm a little congested, if you could tell. <laughs> Along he ben played Kingsley. Moses? It's a bad uh-huh. movie. Ben it's not Kingsley. Good. Ben Kingsley. Alfred. Molina yeah. and Elliot Gould. You'd think it'd be really good. I the no, animation's awful. I in that one. I mean, just because I I picture his face, so yeah. picturing him as Moses is like, you know, like you know, you just expect like, his eyes are so narrow. Like to be fair, I'm about as familiar with Christian Slater see as the I bush? Am with Christian media. He could. You kind of look like Christian Slater, Jimmy. Well, then he's a very handsome man, but he could have stabbed me and I wouldn't know who he is. If I stabbed him, (laughs) to be fair, if I stabbed him, he wouldn't know who I was either. So we're like even on the stabbing each other and not knowing who the other is. There we go. You need to go see Jesus Revolution again and get the love. (laughs) Come on, man. Get the love. love. Well, I did feel good. Now I don't, but. All right. Okay. 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 We're we're two down. Yeah. I'd say six or under, we get punished. Okay. Okay. Angela Bassett. Who's that? Come on, Jimmy. Uh, all right, uh, T'Challa's mom and Black Panther. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would. I feel like how could she not have been? How could mm. right? That's where I am too. But then I'm also like, is is that the game? Mm. But I'm with you, Scott. I'm like, how could she have not been? And at least like something or a voice in something. Now, now that we have that, I know that that's throwing so me for a loop. I want to say yes. I'll say yes. That's three yeses, Hannah. No. Oh, I hate this game. <laughs> what? Angela Bassett did not do the thing. Oh man. <laughs> you just wanted to thing. you just wanted to do Angela that. Angela Bassett did the thing. You just oh gosh. Okay. By the way, the Oscars were great, everyone. If you Woo! That's our official statement. We loved them. <laughs> All right, next one. <laughs> Zach Efron. Okay, I know who that is. If he stabbed me, I would recognize who he was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jimmy, new show say, concept. Get your head in the game. Yeah, new new show concept. No, <laughs> Hannah, for the next game. It. For the next game. No, no, no. Here, Hannah, here's the game. You get celebrities, and they stab me, and then I tell you if I know who they are or not. Christian Slater. Never seen this man in my life. Don't know who he is. I lose. <laughs> come back next week. Angela Bassett stabs me. Sorry. Oh, now I know. No, if they stab me, I would have recognized her. I don't know her name. Sure. So that would help. Um, Zach Efron, if he stabbed me, I would get two points because I would say, I know your face and your name. So Hannah, you're going to get when arrested. You, when you say Christian movie, you're not talking like biblical epic. You're talking like a Christian movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Is Charlie is Charlie St. Cloud no. a Christian movie? No. Okay. No. I wouldn't call a walk to remember. Oh, you wouldn't? Movie. Oh, no, then, wouldn't. well, then I'm going to say no for Efron. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I don't know. If Charlie oh. St. Cloud is Nicholas Sparks. I don't think this is going to get us, either. isn't it? I think this is where it gets me. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. Congratulations. <sighs> he was not. I mean, 
greatest beer no. run ever it was kind of a religious experience for me i really enjoyed <laughs> that one i didn't see it but if you say it's good then all right it is surprisingly good tabitha and i enjoyed it the last movie that your family recommended uh well the last trilogy hannah and i really enjoyed the how to train your dragon movies Mm. next one greg kinnear yes yes he was he's in heaven is for real or one of those I've definitely I I was like I can't picture it, but I know I saw him in something. Yeah, okay. We were gonna do Heaven is for Real tonight, Scott, and then I was like, oh wait, Jesus Revolution. (laughs) Because I didn't want to watch it. (laughs) I will do (laughs) it because it's the like most highest grossing Christian movie aside from the passion, but Hmm. all right. Next one. Another hot trending actor. So yes. (laughs) Pedro Pascal. I feel like I could have seen him in like some made-for-TV thing because he's older than you think. He yeah. is, mm-hmm. and if he stabs you, you know who he is. Right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm gonna say yes, also. But I'm I gonna say yes. I can't think of what he would have been in. So, yeah. No. What? What? I honestly feel like, and this is, I I feel like he would. He's the one out of this entire list. That would be the least likely to do a Christian movie. Whoa, yeah. Just knowing like his personality. I just got gutted with the dark saber right there. Yeah. I'm well, I mean, shocked. I, I mean, really o- thought <laughs> Oscar Isaac Poe Dameron is in Nativity Story. That's so where I, was I thought like, I could yeah. get you. Yeah, and you did. Congratulations. Because they're like best buddies. Congratulations. I was very good, Hannah. Very oh, powerful. That was sneaky. I know. Not, I'm a little upset now. I, now I'm like on a revenge tour. Four more. All right. Oh, shoot. We got to start doing better. Ewan McGregor. Did I say his yes, name right? Yes, Ewan McGregor is in Last Days in the Desert, where he plays both Jesus and Satan. Whoop, whoop. Two points. What? I've never seen that. Yeah, it's about Jesus is like the end of his temptation when he's like ready to go back into the world. He stops and spends time with like a family. And like it's essentially like Jesus is seeing what he's never going to have in his life. Oh, it's interesting. I, I, I was gonna more, say like how how long like how long ago is this movie? Like how twenty fourteen or fifteen maybe? Yeah, twenty fifteen. It's one that's more interesting than it is good. I don't know. We might talk about it on this show one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Next, are we ready for the next? Yes, I am listening. Javier Bardem is mother of. Is it? I'm going to buck against the game if Hannah says no and say Mother is a Christian movie because it's based on the Bible or it's inspired by the Bible. So either way, we was win. Was it made as a Christian movie? Darren okay, Aronofsky. I, I, don't, I don't know who that is. I'm trusting Darren Aronofsky made it as. Ah, Scott got one. <laughs> don't, Aronof- don't make me watch Samson. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm trusting you guys. Darren Aronofsky did, like, you can Google it if you don't believe me, but he made it to be like a metaphor of like, like there's Kate and Abel in the movie. You see creation in the movie, just like not overt that his inspiration was like the book of Genesis and other portions of the Bible. Isn't it a horror movie? Uh, I, it's, it's an art piece. It's not very good. So it is a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> Watching it was horrific, but. What's the answer? What's our yes. answer? Yes. Yes. And if it's, if it's no, then it's still yes. But it's Yes. I'm I'll give you the yes. Yay! Yay! Good pull, yeah. Jimmy. Thank you. If 
Javier Bardem, if you stab me, I know who you are. <laughs> All right, two more. Oh, yeah. I get him confused with Benicio Del Toro sometimes, but uh, uh, Javier Bardem is a no country for old men, Scott. Mm-hmm. I was going to say... Um, yeah. Triton. Fred Claus. Right. <laughs> I've never seen that one. <laughs> How can you just... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. Helen Hunt. Okay. Okay. She yeah. is in The Greatest Adventure Stories from the Bible as Mary, which is a straight-to-VHS release. So I'm going to say yes. And even if Hannah didn't think yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all were like, yeah. So technically, it is a yes. But not for Greatest Adventure Stories of the Bible. Ooh, for what? She plays Bethany Hamilton's mother in Soul Surfer. Oh. I could picture a cover of something, and I'm like, why do I picture this? With uh, (laughs) Dennis Quaid. Soul Surfer is a Christian movie? Yeah. Yes. I mean, it wasn't entirely marketed as so, but it, yeah. There was a Bible study packet that went along with it. Uh, Okay, gotcha. (laughs) I would love to do that. On that should be our day. new standard. Yeah. Did it come with the Bible study? <laughs> Did it come with the- <laughs> movies that I- came with a Bible study. <laughs> I can make one for most movies. I think. That's Wolf of Wall Street. Avoid temptation. Avoid temptation. <laughs> if your right eye causes you to sin. Well, yes. speaking of Wolf of Wall Street, we've got our last person. Ooh. Matthew McConaughey. Ooh. Where are we? What's our What's our points so far? Um. Hold on. Sorry. I mean, just... he talks about his faith so much. Does he? Oh, yeah. I'm not a big McConaughey guy, so I don't really know. You've gotten five right. He He's four. pretty outspoken. Uh, so this is oh, make not... or break. I want to say like he was even like, like he was on Joe Rogan, really going for it for like a few minutes talking about his faith. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's like different things. He was, he's outspoken about his faith and um, what it has meant to him. So, I'm guessing he's not like the star of a Christian movie, but maybe there's a scene where like someone's like, "We have to stop by wherever," and it's just him like, "Hey, everything with Jesus is all right, all right, all right," and then he's out. I was gonna so. say, was he Moses in something? Because that should be a whole episode itself. Uh, Our right. top ten Moses's Moses's Moses Moses. Woody Harrelson plays Pharaoh in that one where he's. <laughs> Are we including school plays, uh, church plays ever? No. (laughs) Joseph in fifth grade. I feel like there's got to be a sneaky one in there. Or like an early, based on what Scott was saying, maybe an early Mm -hmm. role. Yeah. Are we all leaning yes? Yeah. 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 Show us the movie. Technically, no. However, would you count Angels in the Outfield? It has angels in if, the title. Well, if it helps us win. You know. Yes. If it helps us from watching Samson again. <laughs> I'll I'll give it to you. Yeah! <laughs> Wait, Scott had a take, though, that I was oh, excited to yes, hear. Scott. <laughs> about what? Angels in the Outfield? Yeah. I mean, totally. It's all about faith. I like anything about that. That, mm. you know. Yeah. Next week? Kid. Classic. <laughs> Scott is going to turn every movie Classic. into... <laughs> I could write the Bible study for it. Yes. Yes. And then it will be legit. He's gonna he's gonna run our uh our our spin-off podcast called Catching Faith. Um 
<laughs> reeling in faith. I'm still like Call that back. mom. Oh my gosh, that <laughs> mom. I can't wait to watch Catching Faith 2. Oh, what? no. <laughs> Catching Faith 2 Homecoming, it's called. That's right. <laughs> uh, in conclusion, folks, I think uh, Jesus Revolution might still be in theaters. And, you know, if you listen to the show and didn't care about spoilers, or if you just listened to the spoiler-free segment, uh, I don't, I'd really like to talk with you about this one. So maybe uh, check it out. It is hard for me to recommend movies because I have uh, AMC Stubbs. So I just pay the monthly fee. So I'm never like, I spent this many dollars on this movie. Um, so I don't know. You might feel differently if you paid for it, but you know, I thought it was a, it was a pretty good time at the movies and I really, really enjoyed the conversation that we were able to have here, uh, tonight. So in that, I'm going to say if you have smart, not maybe, you know, I'm not that smart, but if you can surround yourself by smart friends, uh, <laughs> this movie might be a really great, uh, conversation starter. Um, but I do want to thank Scott for being with us tonight. Scott, why don't you give us your uh, elevator pitch for uh, More Than a Song? Uh, More Than a Song encourages people to have encounters with Jesus. And we look at different forms of art. We've started out with worship music, but now we're kind of spreading out more and more. Oh. Just saying, uh, hey, let's... Oh. And let's we're, we're creating a space for people to discover who they are and where they fit in the world with uh, different ways of creating art. So you're coming from my gig is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm, I kid, I kid. Uh, is there anything you want to plug uh, before we, we sign off here? Uh, the Honey Initiative. I want to beat Jimmy to it. Woo! I'm just, I'm just <laughs> saying. I, I am really loving what those folks are doing on social media and especially Christmas time when they were singing all the Christmas songs. <laughs> um, but I'm the, glad you liked uh, it. I, I got to say those, those two people are bringing their a game to social media these days. And I love following it. One of Thank them you. is. <laughs> and, and one of them will get better at it. She's just been sick three times this year already. And has gotten way behind on filming content. Mm. Uh, Jimmy, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, you know, yeah. Um, be nice to somebody this week, you know, uh, particularly I was thinking about, uh, like service workers. They're not robots. So, you know, hmm. say, Hey, thank you very much for my coffee or, you know, my scanning my groceries and just, just be nice to somebody. Yeah. Idiots. Just be nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hannah. Um, I would like to plug my eight-year-old nephew, or soon-to-be eight-year-old nephew, Noah. Um, this morning, I told him that his eyes looked very blue, and he said, you're embarrassing me, and I said, LOL, sorry. And then he sent me a video of him saying to me back, LOL, it's okay. And that just made my week. That made my year. Mm. I love that kid. <laughs> Can't believe he's going to be eight. Wow. Um, anyway, yeah, I just want to plug that. And at God Bells the Pod, of course. Uh, and I want to plug uh, the Salvation Armies of Rome, New York, and Tiffin, Ohio. Uh, listen, if you're in either of those areas and you don't have um, a place to call church home, I would recommend either of those. They are pastored wonderfully by uh, very loving and caring and amazing people. And again, if you're looking for a place to feel welcome, those are those are two of the best places I can think of. Is Jimmy and I married oh, well? <laughs> Woo! Yeah, we did. 
But until next time, when we'll be talking about Lady Bird, I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Miss Hannah. I've been Mr. Jimmy. And I've been Mr. Scott. Bye.